So I am honored to keep us rolling in Psalm 23. We launched this conversation last week, God our guardian, God our guide. And there's this invitation to us in what might be one of the most well-known Old Testament passages for just kind of humans in general here in the U.S. There's some very like notable verses in this text. And today we're going to look at this idea that God wants to comfort in the conflict that there is comfort for us in the conflict. And so what I want us to do is read all of Psalm 23. It's not very long. And so we're going to start by reading the entirety of Psalm 23, and then we're going to kind of focus in on two very specific verses today. So let's read verse 1 out loud together. Y'all join me with your voices as well. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I posed this question to us last week. I want to pose it again. When you see this next slide, how would you fill in the blank? The Lord is my I heard from one of our vineyard kids that they finished it this way, the Lord is my superhero. I'm telling you, they get faith in ways we and I need to get. See, one of the most important things for every person is that we know how we finish this sentence. And not just intellectually, the Lord is my shepherd. Do you really let him shepherd you? Do you like getting sheared? by the Lord? Do you like being led? I mean, that's what the scripture says, but how does that come alive for you? And honestly, you might be at a place where the Lord is my blank. You're not sure. You're still asking and exploring and considering. I want to encourage all of us. Make this a priority in your life. Understand that the living God has more than just being like an add-on to your life. It's not like that little Google Chrome add-on where it just like helps you save four cents on that sale because you didn't have the coupon. It's not just this kind of side thing that you just kind of, when it's convenient, you get to. And here's why, because life is always coming at us. Always coming at us. And if God is real, which I believe God is, and if God created everything, which I cannot do, and I did not do, no better, no better resource and relationship than the living God leading you and guiding you, resourcing you, and calling you into the fullness of what God has for you. I want us to remember last week, the Lord, 
In the Old Testament, it would use the, the phrase Yahweh. God himself offers us a sufficient supply for all we need. This is the truth and promise of Psalm 23. God has a sufficient supply for you. For you. And I'm not just saying that like in a nice churchy way. I'm saying if God speaks and you get the milky way, what might God speak and do in your life? I'm just curious. I mean, have you been there? I mean, you can pay a lot of money to go now. It's cool, right? I'm just like, okay, press in a little bit with your life. Like what God might resource in your life? He has a sufficient supply. He speaks and things come to be. The living God wants to be your guardian and your guide. He offers us right paths for his namesake. See, it's not this religious thing where God's trying to make your life miserable. There are right paths, which are actually, another translation is the righteous paths. The ways that lead us in justice and goodness. The ways that lead us in the well-worn history of his kingdom come and coming. That righteousness is the place we're free. We're not looking over our shoulder wondering who's coming for us. We're not wondering how that worked out. It is freedom for his namesake. And the thing I want us to know today is that we can experience comfort in the God who wants us to experience his righteousness. He wants you to experience the fullness of his life and righteousness, and that is the source of comfort because you know it will all be good. Because God cannot act contrary to his character. And he has integrity in the way he operates day in and day out. And so circumstances might be a moving target. Anybody been there? Have you ever had multiple different circumstances in your life? Or have you lived the exact same circumstance every day of your life? No, you've lived different circumstances. You might wake up tomorrow and they're very different. You might go home and after lunch they're really different. Depending on your, uh, you know, what you bet on the NFL playoff game, your circumstances might change. The circumstances of life are a moving target. The consistency of God's character is comfort for our souls. Comfort for our souls. Today we will see that the living God understands you are going through difficult things. and wants to be comfort in the conflict. Let this sit for just a second with you. Who do you know God to be? Who do you believe God is in the day in, kind of day out rhythms of your life? What we're going to see today is the living God is nearer, closer, and very, very interested in what you're experiencing. Verse 4 of Psalm 23 might be one of the most well-known verses, and it says this, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Some translations say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Anybody want to live in the valley of the shadow of death? Like, that sounds nice. Let's vacation there. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. What I want you to know is this is the picture of the walk you are being invited to with Jesus. It is a picture of reality because God does not avoid or ignore the conflict of life. God is very interested in reality, and that reality is there is evil. That reality is there is a shadow of death. That reality is there are places where we will be prone to fear, and God speaks right to it. This is the God you can know, a God that is actually concerned with the reality of your life, that is concerned with the reality of the condition here on earth. God does not avoid or ignore the conflict. And that should be comforting to us. That should begin to understand that when we are going through difficult things, when we are in those dark days, when it feels like all that surrounds us is the shadow of death, God is present. God is interested. God says, I am with you. Fear no evil. Fear no evil. Even though I walk, what's the word? Through. Through. Can I tell you what's challenging about that? How do you walk through something? Right, left, right, left. What can you not do if you're going to walk through something? Quit. Stop. See, there is this partnership. And there's movement. The kingdom of God has movement for us and is with us. And I, I don't know how long it's going to take to walk through. Even though I walk through the 10-year shadow of death, the 20-year shadow of death, the 40-year shadow of death, what I think we need to anchor to is the character of God says, I am with you. I am with you. Is there evil? Is there evil? Yes. It doesn't say there's no evil. It says, fear no evil. Why? Because the good shepherd, the living God, who has loved himself, is with you and his perfect love will continue to cast out fear. His perfect love will continue to do the work when it creeps in. And over and over and over again, Jesus looks at people and says, do not be afraid. He looked at his disciples and he says, do not be afraid. And he looks at you and he says, do not be afraid. I am with you. I am here. Guess what? I'll give you the Holy Spirit. I will not just be near you. I will not just be in your vicinity. I will fill you and be in you and with you, fear no evil. See, it's God's consistent character being with us in the circumstances, with us in the conflict. Can I just tell you this week, I was just thinking about it, and I was like, God, I'm so glad that, that Psalm 23 is in the Bible. I am so glad that you are willing to deal with reality, which means I do experience difficult things. I have been in the shadow of death. And the promise is, so are you. The living God himself joins us there. Jesus said this about himself. I am the resurrection and the life. 
the one who believes in me will live, and even though they die, whoever lives by believing in me will never die. See, for the follower of Jesus, death is swallowed up in victory. So even that, the darkest place you can go, the resurrection life of Christ, reaches to that place in your life. So just draw it up. Draw up the darkest of your circumstances. Draw up the darkest of days you can fathom in your mind and your heart because you've been there and you've lived them and you probably suffered under the weight of that alone, hiding in plain sight. And the enemy, the accuser, wants to come in there and go, oh yeah, see, God's a liar. He's not with you. He doesn't care. In Dallas Willard's book that I referenced last week, Life Without Lack, he says, you know how somebody's lying and says their mouth is moving? That's Satan. When Satan enters into the story and begins to accuse and speak death and destruction, that is his one play. His one play is to deceive you. And he's going to try to deceive you about the character of God and the heart of God. And we have to come back again and again and face reality that God's character is trustworthy. And he's present with us, and he's there. And he is the one in 1 Corinthians 15, 54, that it says death is swallowed up in victory. The life of God's kingdom will win the day. That's good news. That's good news when lots of people are dying. That's good news. when the life you've been living feels like death. There's comfort for us in the conflict. The writer of Hebrews captures it in a really powerful way. Listen to Jesus, the good shepherd. Jesus, the one that's walking with us. Jesus, the one that came and became flesh. Emmanuel, God, with us. Jesus, the one who came and lived, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus, the one who was tempted and tried by Satan. Jesus, the one who laid his life down for you to show that perfect love wins the day. Since the children, that's us, not sweet, have flesh and blood, he too, Jesus, shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. Comfort in the conflict. And he would come to free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. Fear no evil, for I am with you. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them in every way, fully human, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God that he might make atonement for the sins of the people because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. Do you feel like you're being tempted right now in your life? Do you feel like you're suffering? Jesus gets it. That's why he can be comfort in the conflict. Because he became flesh and blood. So when we read Psalm 23, an Old Testament text, it is proclaiming the reality of the good shepherd Jesus who came in the New Testament, who showed us the way to live full of the Holy Spirit, and he says, I've got you. 
Jesus is with us, protecting us, comforting us, and caring for us. I was thinking about thinking about how I think about Jesus. And so often I think about Jesus as like the one who was perfect. Right? Does that feel hard? You, you don't feel like you're Jesus because you know you're not perfect? That's, that's how I do it. Like, I just go like, I know I'm not Jesus. I'm not perfect. Jesus is perfect. This whole series is an invitation to us to better see who God is. So that when we wake up tomorrow, we let that clearer picture of his character and heart guard us and guide us for our actual life. We don't go live our life by our own strength and power and misunderstand who God is. We say that God, the Psalm 23 God, come and fill me, protect me, care for me, walk with me. And it's pointing us to Jesus. But listen to how they describe Jesus in Isaiah 53. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and he was held in low esteem. I want to just speak very clearly. If your life experience feels more like that, you know Jesus in a deeply personal way. And Jesus knows you in a deeply personal way. This is why he can comfort you in the conflict. Have you been betrayed? He was betrayed. Have you been despised, cast out from the community, rejected? Jesus gets it. Jesus gets it. You felt pain? This is why Jesus is a miraculous Savior, because he took all that pain into himself so that we could be free. This is the character of God. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. Does your life lack peace? This is where God wants to meet you. This is the work of Jesus to come and be peace where you long for it most but you got to invite him into that space. You have to invite him in. It says, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. But he's the good shepherd. And no matter where you're astray, he'll come find you. Because he wants to be comfort for you in the conflict. He wants to walk that close to you and pursue you so that even though you walk through the darkest valley, you will fear no evil 
because you know who's with you. You know who's with you. It's interesting, I'm learning about shepherding. I've never shepherded. I've never done that before. I don't have sheep. That might be a surprise to you. Four of you. It says, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. Do you know what the rod's used for? Somebody's going like, spare the rod, spoil the child. No. The rod is what a really, really skilled and trained shepherd would do when he sees an enemy approaching that is going to come devour the sheep and he would take it and throw it. And drill the thing that's coming to kill his sheep. It's protection. It's protecting the life and caring for that sheep in a very, very skilled way. Lions and tigers and bears, oh my. That's the rod. You know what the staff is? The staff is the crook, and it's one by one he would watch and and know and go, oh, that's that one and this one. And when they get stuck, the, the shepherd could reach down and snatch them out of danger and pull them close to protect, to guard, to lead and guide through a narrow way. When we allow God to have authority in our life, it's his rod and his staff saying, here, no, this way, come on. Oh, I see that thing coming. Yeah! (laughs) That's how I just picture it. That's why I'm not a good shepherd. Probably would have like hit one of my own sheep or something. (laughs) And then here's the beauty. I I just, this is where we're going to finish today because I think we need to see that God is doing this for us. God's doing this for us. He wants to be with you. He wants to protect you. He wants to spare you from heartache and anguish. And then here we go. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. I'm just going to be really honest for a second. Whenever I've read this, and I've read this many times, I've been around church for a while, I would read it, and this is the picture that would unfold. I would see this table. And guess who's sitting at the table? Yours truly. Pull up a seat. Feast! There's a beautiful table in front of me. There is food and there's good drink, and it is for me. And it's in the presence of my enemies who are out there, (laughs) over there, somewhere, not here, but close enough to see and be taunted. My God prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And I was reading Dallas Willard. And I got to this part. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Since I love my enemies... I would not feast upon a delicious meal in their presence and let them stand there hungry. The abundance of God's provision and safety in my life is so great, I would invite them to enjoy what God has prepared for me. And I was done. Because the living God revealed in Jesus didn't just die for me on the cross, he died for my enemies. And the good shepherd wants to do work in my soul. And he says, this is the way of my kingdom. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, oh, how easy it is for you to love your friend. The way of my kingdom is that you love your enemy. The good shepherd in Psalm 23 is preparing a banquet table. And the work he wants to do in our life is we'll learn how to love our enemies here because we will be worshiping with them in heaven and we will be dining with them in heaven because the same forgiveness that Jesus pours out of my life, he is making available even to my enemies. And so that picture of me sitting here eating all that good food, taunting all y'all out there, got crushed. And the party got a lot bigger and a lot better. We will feast in the presence of our enemies because the good shepherd laid down his life for them as well. That is the heart of God. And that is the heart that we need as a community that is called to represent Jesus here on earth. It is the way of forgiveness. It is the way of repentance. It is the way of relationship. Jesus deals with reality, and he says, I'm going to come comfort you in the conflict. I'm not going to avoid the fact that there's evil. I'm not going to avoid the fact that there's a shadow of death. And then he says, come into relationship, and let me show you what it looks like. It should look different than the world. The world has figured out how to hate. The world has figured out how to exclude people from the table. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burned out and worn out. I am gentle and lowly in heart. I am humble. And there's a seat for you at the table because I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The banquet table of eternity is every tribe, every tongue, every nation. And my prayer is that will be what we begin to experience here and now, that when we pray, God, Heavenly Father, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth. When we read Psalm 23, we're being invited into that story. Where is God inviting you in this morning? Has your heart been like mine? that that table is for you? And maybe today, you're being invited to think about how it might be for your enemies to be there because you love them. God has a sufficient supply, week one. He can comfort us in the conflict. You might be sitting at the table going, I can't believe you let him in here. Do you know what they did? And Jesus will just read to us out of Isaiah 53. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. He'll go, yeah, I know. I was there. Of course I know. Do you want to be like me? Do you want to live like me? Do you want to depend on me? Because this is the best news. This is it. We are safe and we are comforted 
and we are cared for in the presence of the living God. And so then we say this, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. We can experience comfort because God is the forgiving God. He's the saving God. He's the generous God. Throws the best parties, by the way. If you can create the Milky Way, I mean, do you think throwing a party? Not that hard, guys. Just bring the water, okay? You got the rest. That is an inside Christian joke to Jesus turns water into wine. I'm sorry. It's a bad, it's just insider language. If you are not, if that's new to you, you're in a great spot. Keep hanging out. I got more where that came from. Let's stand together. I want to read this over you. You might be thinking like, man, I don't want my head anointed with oil. I try to use shampoo so there's not like, can I just tell you what that means? Listen, this is very biblical and it's all throughout scripture. Anointing is for salvation. Habakkuk 3.13 and Psalm 26. It is for dedication. He's dedicating you to his purposes and plans. Old Testament scriptures in Leviticus and Exodus. It is for the privileges of being a part of community and saying like, look, I've got covering for you and presence. It's, an ex- it's, it's a tangible, visible representation of the power of God's presence. It's for knowledge, 1 John 2.20. It's for service. We anoint people for the service of God's kingdom. It's for beauty. He's bestowing beauty on you and saying, I anoint you with oil to make sure you're healthy and clean and you're shiny. You look good. You look good, you play good, feel good. That's what it's talking about. Guys, we've got to figure out how to take this and put it in our life. Or it's just letters on a page. Let it be your life. James 5.14, Revelation 3.18, it's for healing. 2 Samuel 12.20, anointing is for cleansing. Psalm 105.15, it's for protection. God, our guardian, God, our guide, he's anointing you with his presence and he's saying, I'm so close, I can anoint you with oil. I am that close to you, I can reach out and touch you. And then he says this, you got a cup? I'll fill it. And he's not just filling it. It says, my cup overflows. Come on. That's good news. There's enough. And there's plenty to share. There's plenty to share. I'm going to finish with Dallas Willard. He just says it so well. You anoint my head with oil. Here you might think in terms of hot showers and warm fluffy towels, things that make us feel clean, comfortable, and special, and how God makes that possible. He is not only interested in my having something wonderful to eat, the table with the enemies, but also in blessing me with a life that is full and free and powerful in him, including clothing, comfortable furnishings, joyful experiences, and deep relationships. So much so that the abundance of God's provision rings out from the psalmist's pen, my cup overflows. My cup runs over. I have more than my cup will hold, so much that I can be as generous as my shepherd without fear of ever running out. I can be as generous as my shepherd. Where do you need the generosity of God to meet you? 
Where do you need the work of God to come and help you love your enemies? Where do you need the comfort of God to come into that dark valley and begin to illuminate your next step? I don't know, but he does. And so we're just going to take some time to pray. If you're part of our prayer ministry teams, I'm going to invite you just to come down here, small group leaders. So God, I just ask that as we close our time together this morning, that you would just speak to people. We just want to create a little bit of space to respond. That's what we like to do at the vineyard. I'm going to be really, really clear. If you are here today and you are not experiencing the freedom you want or you're experiencing darkness, this is the message for you. The living God wants to begin to comfort you. This is the truth of his word, and he is going to do that. Like, I just believe it. And so, God, I just pray right now that you just begin to pour out your peace in this room. Just come now. That your comfort would begin to come to hearts and to minds, to lives and to stories. If you know your own story and you're resisting this, I would encourage you not to. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would come and that you would minister in the seats. The living God is not scared of your reality. And he wants relationship with you. So we just say, God, would you come and pour out your kingdom in this place? We ask that we would be a community that better understands you are with us in the conflict and that we would take that hope with us wherever we go. And we would begin to speak clearly about who you are to people who are in death's dark valley. That we would understand you are near us, you are with us, you are anointing us with oil. Our cup is overflowing so we can be generous. Would you pour into us that it would spill out and pour into our homes, that it would pour into our neighborhoods, it'd pour into this city. We say, come and have your way, good shepherd. I think that God would love to just bless you with prayer ministry today, and so if you're at a place that you would like prayer, I'm at the close of our service, I'm gonna invite you to come. If it feels like a, too big of a step to come down here, just grab somebody by you, go, I need prayer today. This is exactly what's going on in my life, and I want God to show up. This is exactly what's going on in my life, and I want God to show up. And so, Lord, we just bless your community, the ones you love, and I bless you with this. Do not fear evil because God is with you. Do not fear evil because God is with you. He has overcome. He has overcome, and he wants to work in you, and he wants to comfort you, and he wants to be so close to you. He wants to be so close to you. So, Lord, would you fill us this week? Let us better understand how to live out Psalm 23 every single day. We love you, Jesus. Continue to minister to us as we go. Continue to pour out your hope in our hearts. We give you our lives, and we bless this community in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.